What's up, party people? Welcome to this week's episode of Romancing Nancy Drew. I'm your host, Indy Nickerson, which stands for Nancy Drew Nickerson. You can find me at that handle on Twitter, or you can find me at Romancing Nancy if you are so inclined. For this, our last episode of season 11, we're going to be discussing the Moonstone Castle mystery, which is Nancy Drew Mystery Stories number 40. I'm so fucking fed up with this book. Oh my god. There's... There's so much happening, and so much of it is horrible. So much of it. Oh, my God. Um, The cover shows the castle in question um, with the drawbridge coming down. And Nancy, who is wearing a, like, that dress is verging on lime green. I'm just going to say it. I mean, let's just admit it. Um, They're all wearing, like, these shirt dresses. Like, Nancy says, short sleeves. Bess is wearing a sleeveless blue one. And George is, like, going with all the way to her elbow a red one but all of them are in weird like kind of bent over poses like they're trying to elude arrows which may may not being being coming from the castle i mean it's got a nice orangey red sunset happening behind it but that's about all i can say for it also the moat is full of orangey red reflecting water no alligators why did i mention that i don't fucking know god this book okay as usual, content warning for this one. Um, colonialism? Let's see what else. Somebody with the last name Seaman? Like, you're making a lot of weird choices. You're making a lot of weird... It's not like the person's last name was like some sort of slang word for it. They're just like, no, no, we're just going to name him Seaman. You're just going to read it and go, sure, okay. Um, God, bless America. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's go ahead and get the colonialism knocked out. Um, this book is one of those missing persons cases. So John Hamm has been approached, Carson, who is being played by John Hamm in this movie. Um, Carson was approached by a couple who decided to go to Africa as missionaries. Yeah, that was that was a choice that they made. This book was published in 1961, I'm thinking. Let me look. Oh, with some, some real bad line art. Um, 63, 1963. So they would have left 1948? Yeah, right around 1948. Interesting. Okay, cool. No, no, no big. It's fine. Okay. So these dumbasses um, decided to leave their granddaughter, who would have been two and a half at the time. They left her with her other grandma. And now she's gone. No one knows where she is. Apparently, the couple was taken prisoner in the jungle. I was like, you're you're just hitting all all the high notes for colonialism. You're just like savages. Anyway, so they're in the quote jungle and they're being held hostage, quote hostage by quote. Any, anyway, it's just it's a lot. It's a hot mess. It's a hot mess full of white people trying to do bad things. Um. So they come back and they're looking for their daughter and granddaughter and she's gone and no one knows where she is and it's all super sketchy. So they have contacted Carson and said, please, John Hamm, please save us from ourselves, from our dumb, dumb decisions. Um, they went, the organization that they went with is like the African Brotherhood Association or something. That sound, I was like, you're, you're sounding really culty. Just going to throw it out there. You're sounding really culty. Um, Apparently, the group disbanded soon after sending these white people to Africa. And I was like, maybe they existed for that one purpose. They were like, hello, you dipshits. Please go to Africa. Don't come back. 
I mean, we've got plans for you. They involve holding you hostage. Don't ask. Um, yeah. So Nancy's like, so that's a dead end. Um, again, Carson is the one who's been contacted. The book opens with Nancy opening a box and you're like, why didn't you start with that? Shut up. So she opens a box and there's a fucking moonstone inside. I'm going to take, I'm going to take just a slight digression here as I want to do. So the moonstone by Wilkie Collins, Wilkie Collins was one of the first authors who wrote detective fiction and the moonstone was one of those. And the moonstone is interesting in that, um, it relates to colonialism. It was stolen from India and it was apparently cursed, which again, maybe don't take shit that ain't yours. Um, given to a niece as a present by a relative who hated her and wished her ill. And so it it's supposed to visit nothing but like torment and misery upon whoever owns it. And you're like, okay, when Nancy received the Moonstone, which again, there's, would the author of this book have known about the Moonstone? I would argue probably yes. Signs point to yes, the Magic 8 Ball would say. But I don't know, because this Moonstone, according to the note that's enclosed inside, is supposed to give Nancy good luck, which she will need in the coming weeks. And Nancy's like, hmm. Apparently, Bess and George are nearby, and they're like, Nancy's like, well, at least I can't say that Ned sent it because it's postmarked in River Heights, and he is not currently here. And I'm like, isn't he, though? Do you not have a special, like, lean-to built on the side of your house so that he can pop up and answer questions? Like some sort of magical, non-playable character? Anyway. But it's it's really beautiful, and Nancy's like, cool, I shall accept this, as there is no return address on it. Um, but she decides that she's going to go to the post office anyway, and she's trailed there by Steve Buscemi. That is who I've cast for this role. He's going to be playing all the villains in this one. I enjoy him as an actor, and I also feel that like he can pull this off. He can also be Mr. Seaman. Um, I, I can't fucking remember. Anyway, there's like three villains, and I don't care. So one of them is named Mr. Seaman. At any point, just imagine Steve Buscemi trying to play somebody named Mr. Seaman. Maybe with a wig. Like, imagine whatever wig you feel would be appropriate in this role. Maybe a trucker hat. I'm just, that That feels like their general vibe. It's given that. It's given trucker hat. So, um, Nancy is trailed to the post office by sketchy Steve Buscemi, who is scowling a lot. And you're like, of course you are. You're wearing a, a very loud plaid suit and you're just not feeling it. It's, it's not being good for you. I think the best in Georgia there for some fucking reason, because they're always there. They're always like, maybe there's a sale and maybe I need to do some reducing. And I was like, again, with every fucking book, we have a warning for eating disorder, disordered eating with best just being abused on all sides. So anyway, so Nancy goes to the post office. She's trailed by sketchy Steve Buscemi. Um, when she goes to the post office, of course, they can give her no information about this postmarked they're like, we don't know who did it. It's somebody just walked in and did it. IDK. It's fine. Nancy's like, of course, of course it is. Somebody sent me this moonstone and they say, I'm going to need good luck and I'm going to accept it. So I think, um, I think she manages to, oh, I think that she's with Bess and George. I think she is. And Nancy like goes a block down from her house and she's like, I'm going to pretend that I'm doing something else. So you, that guy's going to follow me and you guys can follow him. So anyway, it's, it's so, so bad. Um, so she walks to the post office. She spots the guy. Bess and George spot the guy. I think that Bess like stays near Nancy or something, or maybe, maybe Bess is like, I'm noping out of this, which again, solid call. So George is like, I will follow him. And I think 
there's one part where George is trying to, to trail somebody and she goes missing and they don't know where she is. She, I think, I think at this point, Nancy's the one who trails him, and he goes to a bus and gets on the bus, and Nancy can't, like, she calls the police immediately, because, again, I don't know what blackmail that Nancy and John Hamm have on these people, but anytime they call the police station, they're like, please, tell us what you need, white people. We are here for you. And they do whatever they say. That's fine. So, um... They're like, yeah, we don't know. It was it was Scowling Steve Buscemi. And Nancy's like, I already know that. Do you have anything else to add? And they're like, no, not at all. It's too early in the book. And Nancy's like, that's fine. So she goes to, she goes back home, which is where her dad tells her about this case, which again, we're having one of those situations where Carson's like, oh, I have legal things to do. Why don't you go on ahead? So of course, Nancy takes her friends and she goes to I think the name of the place is actually like Deep Valley or something, which reminds me of Sudden Valley from Arrested Development, where you're like, it feels like ranch dressing, but I'm also not cool with it. So, um, Nancy, Bess, and George check into this cute little B&B. Like, they're like, are we honeymooning? Are we just having a girls' night where we're going to do some spa, maybe some light manicures, maybe do those weird foot massagers that you use one time and then are like, oh, I've lost it. All of those things and more. Maybe watching some trashy movies and having some popcorn with green goop on their faces. They go outside to look around and Nancy's like, oh my God, there's a castle. Tell me everything. And the person who owns the B&B is like, uh, I just moved here, so IDK. I don't know why there's a castle there, but there is this huge bitch. Hmm. Who do I want her to be played by? B. Arthur. Okay. So she's like, B. Arthur owns this restaurant downtown and she knows everything about everybody. So you should go ask her. They're outside looking around when all of a sudden like a lightning storm comes up and it strikes the tree near them and like completely cleaves it in two. And I was like, nearby Rochester is proposing to Jane and God is trying to tell them no. So Bess is like, holy shit, our trip is cursed. And I was like, you're correct about that. You're correct about all those things. Nancy is still, of course, intrigued by this castle, but she's like, hang on, I have a person to track down. There is that to happen as well. So she tries to gather everything that she can about like any sort of clues what about what could have happened. Like the, the girl vanished soon after she was dropped off there. Nobody knows where she is or anything. So the old lady who she was dropped off with, Nancy discovers by asking around in town that apparently she was kind of a recluse-y kind of person. Um, she got some new servants and dismissed all of her old ones. Um, she was just taking deliveries from town. She had a lawyer in town. So Nancy's like, okay, so I'll just go to the lawyers who are currently in town and see if they, if any of them were involved in drawing up the will. Um, the banks are two banks in town. So Nancy makes a note of that. And she's like, okay, I'll go check with them. Um, but there's just, it's been 15 years. Like, people have died or moved away or whatever. And eh, so, yeah. But Nancy's like, but I want to know everything about that castle. Like, it looks like a glorious bouncy house full of delight for me. Also, maybe skeletons and cobwebs. Like, all of those things and more. It's giving everything. So, um, she, of course, tells Bess this. And Bess is like, I would rather eat cobwebs than go in that place. And I do not want to eat any cobwebs. So, just read that as you will. And Nancy's like, George, what you, what's, what you got going on? And George is like, bitch, I'm here. I've got Ziplocs. I've got snorkeling equipment. Let's do this shit. And Nancy's like, that is why we are besties. So 
I think that actually, like, they do get Bess to go out to the castle, but Bess is like, bitch, there ain't no way I'm going inside there. And Nancy's like, that's fair, though. (laughs) There is one point in the book where she's like, we are actually trespassing. And I'm like, I'm glad that occasionally you do remember that laws do apply to other human beings. Not you, but I'm just saying. So anyway, so Nancy asks around in town. She finds out that the old lady apparently um, died of some illness. I mean, to be fair, as you know, because I love a good Scientology callback, like, is Stubishimi also a Scientologist? Science point to yes. I'm getting some Lisa McPherson from this. Uh, it's, it's giving that. It's giving some Lisa McPherson. Um, you'll see. So, for those of you who don't know, Google it. It's really, really upsetting. Um, so, um, but nobody knows anything about the child, which... It sounds like pretty soon after the child's arrival is when the grandma died, but nobody understands, you know, nobody knows anything about it. Nancy asks about the house where, like, had, did they find anything? And they only found, like, a postcard in the attic that was addressed to Omar. And Nancy's like, okay, um, anything else? And they're like, no, no, that was pretty much it. Nancy's like, cool, that's, like, nothing to go on, but thank you. Somebody named Omar is going to pop up, though. Like, that's a Chekhov's gun that you know is going to go off. It's loaded. It's ready. So, um, I think, I think that this is the part where, um, Nancy and George look around, and they're like, there's a moat around this castle. Okay, I'm going to clarify this, because I was reading the book, and I was like, so, did the little girl go to the castle? And the answer is no. Why did they build this castle? Shut up. You don't deserve to know. But the castle is not actually related to where the little girl went missing. And Nancy's like, but I need to know everything about it. But also I need to track down this missing girl. And I'm like, maybe focus on the missing girl and not the decrepit castle. So, but you know, Nancy, it's catnip. It's kind of like they put this giant inflatable up knowing that it would attract her like, like kryptonite, not kryptonite, the, the opposite of kryptonite, like catnip, I guess. Nancy sees ancient decrepit castles as catnip. So there's that. <laughs> it's like putting a cheese cheese in a box and a string. And she's like, I have to. I have to check it out. It may be legit cheese. I don't know. So anyway, um, Nancy and George try to swim up. Like they actually put on swimwear. That's how into it they are. They put on swimwear. They have their shoes and Ziploc bags. They are ready. They're ready for this shit. They have towels. They're here. Um, but somebody calls out like, go away, death is in this castle. And they look at each other and they're like, okay, now we need to go in. Like, how could you do that? But the bitch has a drawbridge and it's like a legit working drawbridge. And Nancy's like, so many questions. Why do you have, why do you have a moat? Why do you have a drawbridge? What's, what is happening? Which best whenever she sees that the moat is full, she's like, who filled the moat? And dumbass me was like, do you have to fill a moat? And then I remembered that I had read a book about this and indeed you do have to fill a moat or else it just kind of fills up and then drains down into the water table. Like you have to reinforce that shit. You need some concrete and you have to have a water source. And um, when Nancy looks around, she's like, somebody dug a channel from the like nearby lake or river so that the moat would fill up. And she's like, I see, I see what they're doing here. Nice. Good job. Good job. Keeping out vampires. Anyway, Getting back to the mystery, um, Nancy asks around at both banks, and she asks around at both of the lawyer offices, and of course, in one, they don't, in the, one of the lawyer offices, they're like, nah, it must have been the other guy. 
then she finds out at the other one that apparently the guy who drew up the will has retired. He's still in town, but he's retired. Um, the other one at the banks, she had the dead woman had an account at each bank and she closed them pretty soon before she died. Actually, she withdrew all the money and Nancy's like curiouser and curiouser. She goes to the downtown restaurant, which is where B. Author is. B. Arthur, at any moment when you walk in, is going to be in a rocking chair, rocking back and forth furiously, like ready for all gossip. She is here for it. She she wants to hear spill all that tea for her. She's here for it. So when Nancy and her friends walk up to the restaurant, they look through the window and they see Stu Buscemi wearing a trucker hat as Mr. Seaman. I remember that because I was just so done. Anyway, um, so they look in and they see him and they're like, oh, shit, it's him because they have seen him trailing Nancy. So I think this is the one where George follows him and, and gets, and they're like, well, no, she's gone. It's like that thing with the Chinese restaurant that happened in that other book. Um, anyway, so they go inside and Nancy's like, they overhear him saying like, if you hear of Nancy Drew in here, you need to tell me immediately. And she's like, oh, you want to date her? B. Arthur's like, let me take some notes. You want to date her? And Mr. Seaman's like, teehee. And the old woman is like, mm-hmm, okay, okay. I see, I see, I'm picking up what you're putting down. It's fine. So Nancy and her friends are like, okay, Nancy says, I can't admit to her that I am Nancy Drew or else she might snitch. So I've got to be somebody else. And then she looks at Bess and she's like, do you remember when I played that bitch Irene in that school play? And Bess is like, do I ever? Oh my God. And I was like, what happened? Tell me everything. But anyway, so Nancy's like, I'm going to be her whenever I'm talking to be Arthur. And Bess is like, perfect. And I was like, really though it's fine so apparently the character irene talks in a very high voice which i'm not going to attempt but she comes in and she's like oh i'm i'm irene and we just moved into town and can you tell us anything about that castle (laughs) and b arthur is like bitch sit your ass down i've got all the tea on that castle it is cursed and Bess is like you can stop talking now and B. Arthur is like, no, no, you need to understand. A child was crushed under that drawbridge. And Bess is like, I need to leave. Oh, my God. She's like, oh, a girl drowned in the well. Like, it, it sounds like just a chamber of horrors. And Bess is like, for, the, for fuck's sake, please stop talking. And B. Arthur is like, no, no, sit down. Sit your ass down. So they get to sit. Nancy's like, no, no, keep going. Keep going. Get it all out, girl. Get it all out. So according to her, like, it's some sort of weird thing, like the original owner, like sold it to some people who were never there. And like, maybe they wanted to turn it into some kind of attraction. Like it's not an old building. It's just designed to look like an old building. And Nancy's like, sure, it's a thing that we all do. It's fine. So according to them, there's nobody living there that they know of. Like, yeah, it's it's not like that other book where it was the interesting thing about the shells and the dye and the mollusks and the and the crumbling wall and everything and it got turned into a, a place for children who needed to recuperate from various surgeries. No, we ain't given that. We're just it's like it's as though Disney World crumbled and it's a facade. Thanks, nineteen sixty three. So, um, yeah. Uh, this would be a good time for a break. Oh my God. So yes, after Bess is like, so we need to never go in there. Um, Nancy's like, you, you know that we're going in there though, right? Like there's no way that we're not going in there. And George is like, I'm fucking here for it. So um, 
Remember that Mr. Seaman, Steve Buscemi in a trucker hat, left, so George followed him, because George is the gutsier of them, and Nancy needed to interrogate B. Arthur about murdery castles. So they, like, Nancy and Bess have dinner, and are just chatting, and then they go outside, and they can't see George, and they go back to the restaurant, she's not there, and Nancy's like, son of a bitch, like, what the fuck happened? So... We switch to George's POV. George's fo- George has followed Steve Buscemi to a car. She notices that there's a woman driving, but um, she doesn't spot anything other than it's apparently a woman driving. And I was like, okay, so that means that you noticed more than there was a figure, but okay. Um, so she spotted him going off. She then went back to the restaurant, but decided to stop in a diner instead and have dinner there. Like, I don't think she really explains it. So Nancy and Bess are like looking everywhere and then they spot George like in a diner and she's like yeah I saw you guys leaving the restaurant so I decided to come over here and eat before I met up with you and I was like if you saw them why would you not like wave at them and be like hey I'm gonna grab a burger like just have them tearing their hair out over it okay so um I think that she actually does take down the license plate and of course when Nancy calls the local cops they're like oh yes let's drop everything and look up a license tag for you except for without the sarcasm that's always in my voice so um, I think that they find out that the car's been stolen. That seems right. Um, ooh, also, before Nancy even left town, like, there was a threatening phone call made to the grandparents. It was like, if you know what's good for you, you'll stay out of it. Like, just, just leave this case alone. And so they call Nancy, and they're like, I don't know, maybe we should just leave this alone. And Nancy's like, I eat danger for breakfast. So, yeah, there's that. Okay, so Nancy decides to track down the lawyer who drew up the will. I think that she, I can't remember. I think it's the same guy. Um, whenever she asks about him in town, they're like, yes, you can't miss his house. He's got like a legit fucking train engine car in his front yard. And Nancy's like, yeah, that's that's a reasonable thing to have in one's front yard. That seems legit. Anyway, I, th- I think this is him. Anyway, they go to his house. It could be the bank guy. I don't know. I don't think so, though. Um, they go to his house and he, they're like, hey, can you tell us anything about that old lady who died like mm, like 13 14 years ago um there was a little girl blah 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 and he's like mm, I don't know anything about a little girl so they're like tell us everything the old woman died she left everything to her granddaughter and Nancy and her friends are like mm-hmm, yes keep going the daughter the granddaughter was like two and a half and he's like no she was like 21 and they're like uh what did the will specify the age of the granddaughter? And he's like, no. Um, so everything seemed fine. She came into town. She like had a birth certificate. Um, everything seemed fine. And I, you know, gave her control of the estate. And they're like, oh, okay. And there was no like three-year-old just hanging around. They're like, no, um, didn't see any three-year-olds. And they're like, oh, Okay. Was there anything weird that made you maybe question the person who came to claim the estate? And he, like, blows his fucking lid at them. He is like, how the fuck dare you say that I would do this? Um, Let's do John Slattery. John Slattery for this. So John Slattery is like, how dare you? How dare you? And they're like, um, like, no, I was just, we're not saying that you're a bad person. And he's like, oh, okay then. <laughs> 
So they leave him with that. And when they leave, Nancy's like, I don't think he would have blown the fuck up like that if he didn't have some doubts. So let's just let him simmer. Let's just let him simmer. Okay. I think like the second time that Nancy and George are about to head out to the castle, they're like, Bess, come with. And Bess is like, oh no, I made a tennis date with Alan, this rando that I met at... And I was like, how? How did you meet him? You have spent all of your spare time with Nancy and George. Like, did was there a carrier pigeon involved? Did y'all make eyes at each other at the pool? Like, how did this happen? Anyway, so she's like, I made a tennis date with Alan, and oh no. So, yeah. They're like, go ahead, go on your tennis date. And Bess is like, thank you. Because I, I need to bang somebody on this trip. Like, you know, you know how it is. You know how I do. Ned's not here. Bird is not here. Dave is not here. They have been mentioned. They're at, they're camp counselors at a boys camp at Sylvan Lake, which is near River Heights. And I was like, no one believes that anymore. <laughs> like, seriously, when's the last time that Ned was at Emerson? Which he's gonna go back to Emerson in a future book. So it's not like he's graduated. Like the book you could even read as, oh, he's graduated. And this is just the thing he's doing during the summer. And I was like, because he's just yachting otherwise. So it's fine. Um, yeah. So they let Alan go on his date. They, when they come back to, I, I think this is the one where Nancy and George actually are able to cross the moat. They find the mechanism for the drawbridge, lower the drawbridge, and then like fucking wire and stone weight it down so that it can't go back up. And they're like, this is a good normal thing for people to do is to trespass on a private property, take a drawbridge, lower it, and try to fix it so that it won't actually go back up again so that they can do it for reasons. Anyway. Um, and I think, yeah, it doesn't happen yet. Okay. So I think this is the trip where they do that. And Nancy and George are like, this is when Nancy's like, oh, um, maybe we shouldn't have done that because this is not our property. And George is like, when has that ever stopped us from doing anything? And Nancy's like, that's legit though. That's legit. So they go back to town. Um, and Alan is like, oh my God, you guys need to come to my grandmother's birthday party. And Nancy's like, um, are, are y'all banging? Like, why would we go to your grandmother's birthday party? No judgment. I'm sure she's an excellent lady with excellent taste, but what the fuck? And Alan's like, oh, it's it's like a big family thing. And Nancy's like, then why the fuck would we be there? We're not your family. Are you are you gonna like kidnap and marry Bess? And he's like, no, no, it's it's a more the merrier kind of thing. She loves a lot of people around for her birthday celebration. And Nancy's like, will there be champagne? Because if so, let's let's do it. Let's get a little tipsy. Let's let's do some joyriding. So Nancy is extremely reluctant to go to this grandmother birthday party, which I can't really blame her. It's it's a grandmother birthday party. Like, is it themed? Are there going to be jello shots? We need more info before we can get stoked about this. So they go, and Nancy's like, let's just, like, make a cameo and not really stay for the whole thing. And Bess is like, I don't know. If, if some mahjong happens, then some mahjong happens. Like, you need to know that. So they're at the party when... John Slattery walks up to them. He's like, um, there's somebody that I need to take you to meet uh, for reasons related to that thing that I was telling you about. And Nancy's like, really? This is when I feel like I need to quote 30 Rock and be like, never follow a hippie to a second location. Because Nancy's like, Nancy does, to her credit, think this could be a trap. And you're like, 
Almost certainly, honey bun. Um, but okay. So she, I think it's actually, I think it's only Nancy and George. I think that um, they live best there because, you know, she's with Alan and his date and everything. Um, and um, John Slaughter is like, oh, we're going to take a speedboat and it's going to be great. And when they get into the speedboat, which again, seems like an abysmally terrible idea. Like... Is it Memorial Day weekend and John Slattery's looking to bang a pair of twins? Like, what's going on? But anyway, they get in the boat and he's like, oh, where are we going? He's like, you'll see when we get there. Bitch takes off at like 90 miles an hour and fucking runs into some shit and capsizes the damn boat immediately. Like, Nancy and George are like, what the fuck? And so Nancy has to dive in the water and get his, like, really extremely heavy ass because he is a dead weight at this point. He has passed the fuck out. He is not helping. So she he's giving corpse um so they take him to shore and nancy's like son of a bitch he is not doing so hot like they they're like we we gotta keep him okay um another boat comes up i think like it it takes him like a few minutes but another boat comes up and they flag him down and they're like oh my god hey art is in the boat he's a medical student he can handle this and nancy and george are like thank God, because we were not equal to this task, and we have no boat, and he is in need of medical attention, so um, they take the the current corpse of John Slattery, no, he's not dead, it's fine, he's just, he's giving corpse, but he's not currently dead, um, they take him to, to, like, I guess near the hospital, and they get an intern to come out on an emergency vehicle, and, like, take him to a hospital, it's all very, like, weird, I'm like, oh, this is before EMTs, much like it was before 911 was a thing. Um, so yeah, they, they get him out there and they come back for Nancy and George and they're like, is, is he going to be okay? And they're like, probably. I mean, John Slattery's mustache is doing okay. So we're, we've got our fingers crossed for the rest of him as well. Um, but while they're there, they're like, oh, what are your names? And I can't remember the name of the girl, but she's talking to them and, and George is like, oh, my name is George. And she's like, that's an unusual name. And George is like, yeah, my parents thought I was a boy and they picked out the name George. And then I was born a girl and they were like, fuck it, George. <laughs> so the girl in the boat who is dating the medical student is like, oh, I really like people with unusual names. Um, there's this girl that I know who lives near here and her name is Jolene. She goes by Jody, and she was adopted when she was like three or four years old. And Nancy and George look at each other and they're like, "Tell me more." And she's like, "Oh, well, she her her adopted parents are named the Armstrongs, and here's their address. And I'm sure they'd love to meet you because she's like a really friendly person." And Nancy's like, "I don't know. Like, it seems a little. I mean, I really want to meet her because reasons. Because the little girl's name was, it wasn't Jody." Or maybe, anyway, it was a name that was close to Jody. I'll say that. So they're like, it all works out. She was adopted around the age of three or four. It's like, she lives in the next town. Like, this is feeling good. This is pointing to, to possibles. So they get her address and the lady, the girl on the boat is like, oh, just tell her that you thought that, that I thought you guys would hit it off. It's fine. Like, that can be your introduction. And Nancy's like, okay, okay. So the other thing is that, um... I can't remember exactly why Nancy gets so dead set on searching the castle. Like, she really wants to search that castle. Oh, I think I remember now. Okay. Because she decides that she wants to search it, but um, Bess insists that they take the cops with them, and Nancy's like, um, what if we invite Ned and Bernard Dave up here instead? And, of course, you're like, for banging reasons. Um, But... 
Bess is like, and Alan's leaving in the morning, so that works out great. No complications. Tee. And I was like, girl, girl has been just getting a lot of side pieces. She's getting some love on the road. We love to see it. Go, girl. Get it. So it's fine. This way, you know, there's not going to be any unpleasantness with Dave. So Nancy's like, there is never any unpleasantness with me. I'm only here for haunted castles and Ned. That's those are my two interests. So, anyway, um, they call the boys are like, of course we are going to put our secret spy work aside so that we can come do whatever you need us to be. Do you need us to hold up maybe some sort of platform for you that's got a curtain and some velvet cushions because we're here for that as well. Anything you need, we are here for. So. So they decided they're going to come up. Um, so the reason that I think, I think that Nancy calls them because she goes the next day to the hospital to see if John Slattery and his mustache are doing okay. And the nurse is like, so funny story. He was kidnapped. And Nancy's like, what do you mean he was kidnapped? <laughs> and the nurses are like, well, somebody coded on that floor and we were all in the room trying to resuscitate them. And somebody came in and snuck out John Slattery. Like, they came in and they looked legit, and nobody questioned it. Like, their credentials looked real. And Nancy's like, are you fucking serious? Like, he was about to take me to somebody who was going to help. So, so she asks if they have any idea who, like, who he might have been wanting to take them to. And apparently he was saying a name like Mr. Joey or something. So Nancy goes to Tata B. Arthur. She's like, okay, so if John Slattery were saying Mr. Joey, and B. Arthur's like, okay, so he was talking about blah, 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 who lives across the lake, and all you have to do, you just turn right at the big tree, you can't miss it, come back and tell me everything, and Nancy drew, and Nancy's like, oh, you saw through my disguise, B. Arthur, and B. Arthur's like, yeah, I'm a good judge of character. I'm real good at that. And Nancy's like, okay, so are you going to narc on us to Mr. Seaman slash Steve Buscemi in a dirty trucker hat? And B. Arthur's like, mm, probably not because I'm intrigued by you and I want to hear all of your tea. So just spill all of it. I will try to keep your identity from him. I just thought that you were like into him, Andy K. And I was like, Again, all descriptions of him are pointing to not giving it. He's He's not Chris Hemsworth. Nor is he Chris Evans or Chris Pine. He's no Chris, not even Chris Pratt, who Republican Chris. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, so um, now that B. Arthur isn't on the scheme, everything is fine. Um, yeah, so Nancy decides to go see Mr. Joey. I, th- I can't I can't fucking remember his name. Clearly, it has not taken a toll on me. So when she goes to talk to him, she actually finds out that... Um, he remembers the little girl, Mr. Joey. He was working, I think he was actually working on a train, and he remembers the little girl coming to town and going up to the house of the woman who died pretty soon after. Like, he remembers her being there. And John Slider, when he found out about that, was like, oh, shit, maybe I did give all the money to the wrong person. So mm, that's what that was about. Nancy has found a picture of, like, the, the couple who was kidnapped, uh, air quotes around everything, kidnapped by in the jungle um, in Africa. Um, they gave a picture, and so the picture looks, he says, well, it was like 15 years ago, but from what I remember, that looks like the same kid. Nancy's like... This is not conclusive evidence, but I feel that it is good evidence. Okay, good. Good job. 
The other thing that Nancy asks about is she's like, okay, so if there was a little girl who came to live there who had, like, in a house that probably hadn't had little girls, hmm. So she goes to the toy shop and she asks them and they're like, oh, yeah, we we gave her, like, at Christmas time she wanted a doll with, like, a, a carriage and everything and it was a really sweet gift and and everything. So Nancy's like, okay, all signs are pointing to there was a little girl there. She's not there anymore. So can't remember how exactly she finds out I can't remember I can't remember anyway I think that she manages to talk to somebody a member of the gang so anyway um Ned arrives of course and he kisses Nancy and I was like yes you bet you do girl let's let's go back to your room and get it on um so Ned's like I'm at your disposal what you got girl so they're looking out at the castle and Nancy has a mat like a pair of binoculars and she's looking out there and she's like what the fuck is that man doing? And Ned looks over and he's like, it looks like he's doing some sort of weird signaling system, possibly. I mean, it's it's given made up, but I don't know. Maybe Tai Chi. I don't know. Um, like he looks, he's, he's giving hippie. He looks like unkempt bathrobe, just maybe smoking a lot of pot. Like maybe that's what this castle is for, just smoking a lot. Maybe some ketamine. Maybe some just recreational ketamine. So, um, but Nancy's like, I don't, I just, I just don't know. I just don't know. I don't know what's happening here. So anyway, um, they go out to the castle. Nancy, uh, all the boys go out there. Nancy goes out there. Bess and George also go out there. I think that Bess was like, let me just maybe make out with Dave while you guys go out there. So they're trying to find the guy and question him because they want to know like, you know, what the fuck are you doing Tai Chi on the roof for? Like, let's start with that. They... I think that they hear a voice saying, like, don't go in the tower room or something like that. So Nancy's like, so, of course, we're going to go straight to the tower room. So they're trying to find the entrance to it. They're also trying to find the guy who was abducted from the hospital. Like, Nancy's like, this looks like a place where we might be able to find him. The other thing that happens is Nancy's fucking car gets stolen. And she's like, well, shit, we're going to have to hoof it around town. So there's that. There's no scooters for us to rent. Um, So, yeah. Um. The thing that happens is they spot the unkempt hippie. Again, never go with the hippie to a second location. Um, they spot him. They're trying to find him. Nancy goes down into the cellar because that's like one of the doors that's accessible. And when she goes down there, she vanishes. And Ned freaks the fuck out because he's like, I should never have let her go alone. And I'm like, I mean, you're right about that. And also she's going to be okay. So they're looking around and I think... I can't remember who finds it, but anyway, they find like this secret door and they press it and the dirty hippie falls out with Nancy, who is like clearly not doing so hot. Like she's, she's looking like she's been roofied and that's like, are you okay? Like, you know, holding her, carrying her gently outside in his muscular arms and a bridal carry so they can lay her gently on the grass and, and soothe her by rubbing her forehead. And Nancy's like, I think I'm okay. I was like, maybe I'll need to make out. Maybe some clothes need to come off. Maybe, maybe she's losing body heat. You need to get on that in all ways. Anyway, so she revives. She's like, um, I don't know what happened. They do find the guy and they restrain him and call the cops. And whenever they're like, you, you drug Nancy. He's like, I was afraid of her. I was like, and he waved a, a vial of something under her nose. Um, Ned goes to look at what it is and he's like, oh no, this is, it's okay. It would make her feel weak for a little bit, but he hasn't refeed her. It's fine. And I was like, 
Ned, how do you know that? Because I think he looks at, like, whatever the chemical is or something. Anyway. Also, um, why are you carrying around a vial of sleeping potion? You dirty hippie. Anyway. So the cops take him in. He, um, they also find a, a note that says wolf's eye near his little cot where he's apparently been sleeping with his little, his little travel setup, his little gas lamp, etc. Um, yeah, it says wolf's eye. So they're like, okay, um, sure. That, this is giving cult. This is giving some sort of secret mysterious organization that may or may not be doing some smuggling because that seems to be the popular thing to do. So one of the things that is most frustrating about this episode and slash book, I suppose, um, is that like Ned's there for like 24 hours and he's like, oh no, we have to get back to camp. Are are you going to be okay? And he's like, sure, I'll I'll just call the cops next time. It's fine. Um, Yeah. When her car gets stolen, she's like, bitches, I think my car is there. Like I've, I've got a feeling that my car is there and they do actually find it. Like it had been driven, uh, again, there's a moat. So I think that her car was like driven into the castle grounds and they actually find it. Um, which is all really fucking weird. Um, they managed to get the car out, but then I think that something happens before they can get out of the place. It's so fucking weird because the cops come out there and they're like, oh, you found your car. Okay, bye. And they don't wait around or anything. Like... I would search the, pl- I'm just saying, I would search the place. And now that I'm talking about it, like, why, why the fuck was this place constructed? Because it's got a cellar with a fucking dungeon in it. And again, any, anything that's even vaguely castle-like in an Nancy Drew book is A, gonna have a dungeon, and B, somebody's gonna be in that bitch. Like, they can't resist it. It's like the Pirates of the Caribbean ride. Like, there's gonna be some prisoners in that dungeon. So... Yeah, um, that's so fucking weird. Okay, Nancy goes out to the house of the Armstrongs to meet Jolene, which is not her actual name in the book, but it is now, so she looks like a little mini Dolly Parton. Um, so they go to talk to her, and she's not there. She's actually, like, spending time with a friend or something, and I was like, I do like that occasionally, like, it does, they are trying to at least give that, where it's like, oh, yeah, she's not just a non-playable character just sitting at home waiting for Nancy to come, so she's like, oh, well, Nancy's like, oh, you have such pretty pictures in your home, I'm sure you have some pictures of Jolene as a baby, and the woman's like, yeah, they're in the attic, and, you know, it's, it's so hard to get up there, and Nancy's like, yeah, because she wants, you know, visual confirmation that the little girl that she has a picture of, like, you know, if they've got baby pictures, that would go, that, signs would point to yes on that, so, um, yeah, yeah, so fucking weird, um, so she comes back, I think they're still trying to find John Slattery, and I think that they do eventually find John Slattery, like, the, the cops, you remember, they, they found the dirty hippie, who, again, Steve Buscemi in a wig, they took him back to the jail, and he was like, I'm not gonna talk, and he, of course, cracked, like, 12 hours later, um, so he told them that he was part of a gang, and that they were, um, I think that he might be the one who admitted that they were currently working on somebody in a nearby neighborhood. I cannot remember how the fuck they found out about this, but they found out about it. They found out about a lady who apparently was becoming a lot more reclusive. Could have been B. Arthur. I can't remember. Anyway, so the girls find out about her. Um, They go out to watch the house and... 
they hear somebody saying like, we're going to bring you some checks and you're going to sign them and you're going to shut your fucking mouth and all this stuff. And they're like, oh shit, this is giving um, passwords uh, to Larkspur Lane where remember it was the old folks home and they just were like milking those old people dry. So there's that, except for they were, they have like a fake doctor played by Mr. Seaman, who is again, Steve Buscemi in a loud suit. Um, so they have him come out and be like, oh, you need this medicine or some bullshit anyway. So, um, yeah, they found out about her. They call the cops and have them do like basically a wellness check. Cause I was like, again, it's giving Scientology. Um, when they go in the, the ga- I think they do actually arrest the gang members at that point. And the old lady who was like in there completely blameless, like, yeah, they had been fucking withdrawing her money from the, the banks and they were getting her to write checks for, and she was like, I don't know. They were telling me that I needed to write like four eBay purchase of speedboat. And I don't know what that's about. Oh, I forgot. There was another. Okay. When Ned and his friends were visiting, they do actually go out on the speedboat because um, Nancy at that point was trying to like track down what, and also of course Ned was like, the moon is full. You know that I love my girl in a boat on some water and some moonlight. Like I'm here for it. So they take a boat out to kind of see like where the, where they might need to go for her to meet up with a person that, that she was supposed to be taken to meet by John Slattery. And some bitch almost runs in him with another fucking speedboat. And so like actually Ned manages to elude at like evade at the last minute. And I think it was Bert, I think who like jumps over into the other boat to basically take control of it because the guy like jumps overboard and they're like, well, maybe the steering was going out and maybe there was some reason for it. And Bert's like, fuck no, there was no, like this was intentional. Then the fucking cop boat stops them. They're they're driving along and they're like, oh, well, we've got both boats. And I think George had jumped over too. Um, so it would have been Bert. Um, so the cops stop and then we're like, this boat was reported stolen. And they're like, uh, it tried to run into us and also finders keepers. So suck it. But the cops are like, no, no, we're going to take you in. And so then they take in all of them. They, they're like, we're arresting all of you. And Nancy's like, we'll see about that bitch. So they take her back to the police station. They take all of them back and they're like, they're like, we found this boat. And the cops are like, likely story. What's your name? And so they all give their names until they get to Nancy. And Nancy, of course, just looks at them very steadily and is like, my name is Nancy Drew. And they're like, John Ham's daughter. And she's like, one and the same. And they're like, oh, never mind. Bye. Like a fucking immediately. Nancy's like, thank you. Also, can you come with us to do a wellness check? Like, <laughs> bitch does not fuck around. So um, the cops go to get the woman. Um, I think that that's when they find out that this is when Nancy also receives a note that says, I'm really sorry, but I need the moonstone back. Um, because when they were at the door, like they were, over, they were listening to the gang who was there trying to basically steal from that old lady. And they were like, oh, well, I've, I've just had such bad luck since I lost that moonstone. And Nancy's like, I've got the moonstone. So when she gets the note, the person's like, leave a box um, under the rhododendron at the end of the drive with the moonstone in it. Leave this box there and I'll, I'll pick it up like tonight or something like that. And Nancy's like, uh-huh. And of course, George is like, we're not going to do it, are we? And Nancy's like, no, no, we're not. So they leave the box because they want to see who stops for it. And 
the person who stops for it is actually Nancy recognizes her because she fucking used to be a maid for her aunt. She's like, oh my God. And then you, like my aunt loved you. And then you left because you got married. And she was like, yeah, I married a jackass. And he has been scamming people. And Nancy's like, tell me everything. So, um, yeah, he has this basically a confidence scheme where he like befriends old people, um, says that he's like hard up and needs to be employed, moves in there with his, I think that his accomplice is not the maid, but she's been kind of, kind of like on the sidelines involved. Um, so yeah, they get in, they get into the confidence of an old person. They cut them off from everyone. So they become very reclusive. They give them stuff to make them sick. Um, they, of course, get somebody to come in and pose as a doctor to make them sicker. They get them to sign over all their shit. And then they basically starve them to death. I was like, again, you're giving Scientology. Oh, my God, you're giving Scientology. Um, Just without the bridge. They don't have to reach OT3 for this. So, yeah, they've been doing this for a hot minute. And Nancy's like, so do they have anything like, have they been doing, were they doing this 15 years ago? And she's like, yeah, they, um, they did this one old lady and they, um, she had like this, her little granddaughter living with her and they just took her to the next fucking town and left her at an orphanage with a note. And Nancy's like, it is her, it is Jolene. So yeah, they, they fucking took her to an orphanage, put a note on her that says, my name is blah, blah. And I'm her mother and I can't care for her. So please, you know, give her a good home or some shit. And that was fucking it. Like they took her and they dumped her ass at a fucking orphanage, this little like two and a half year old girl. And they gave her a name that was close enough to her actual name that if she tried to say her actual name, they would just say, think that she was just kind of slightly mispronouncing her assumed name. Yeah. And then the Armstrongs adopted her and they had no idea. And Nancy was like, well, I'm not going to fucking tell her that like her inheritance was basically stolen from her because I don't know if we can recover it. But she does say like, you know, I've located your, because she knows she's adopted. She was like, I've located your birth grandparents and they would love to meet you. And she's like, oh my God, this is so good. Oh my God. Like she's really excited about it. And of course, you know, at least that's a positive. Um, so the police officers talk to the gang members and they find out that they buried, like, basically their crime ledger <laughs> at the Moonstone Castle. Like, so they go there and they dig it up. And yeah, sure enough, they've got a fucking ledger of everybody that they stole. From. I was like, these criminals are well prepared. Um, so yeah, they got a record of everybody they stole from. Um, the stuff that the 21-year-old came in and took, she's like the daughter of one of the, the scammers or some shit. Um, the stuff that she took is gone. Um, but apparently like half the securities that the old lady signed over to them are still there. And so at least they've recovered some of her inheritance. And of course, you know, other stuff that they have built from other people. And so the end of the book is like, oh, now I've got my family back and... Or I've I've got my grandparents who have been held captive in Africa. And I was like, again, oh my God, everything is super fucking weird. Um, Also, the like fucking Moonstone Castle, they're like, yeah, that was weird. Okay, bye. Like, oh my God. What the, what the fuck? What? What the, f- what? Who built the damn castle? 
why why were these bitches using it as a it, it doesn't even sound like it was fit to be a hideout it seems like it was just fit to for you to pretend that it was haunted like and they weren't even fucking doing that nobody was even running around in a sheet with like maybe some phosphorescent paint just having a ball like what the oh my god and then like oh, everything is bad everything everything is so bad i was like at least sell the fucking property for like a children's hospital or some shit. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like this book could have had such potential and they just completely squandered it. Although I will, you know, any appearance by L. Ron, enemy of the show, like, yeah, y'all had some Scientology shit going on. You know what? You, you just fucking know it. So yeah enjoy um next week we're gonna be back with the files or next time i should say because god knows my life is chaos my life is absolute chaos so we'll be back with the files which is very exciting i think we're starting back with book 26 i believe so that's gonna be fun um because we're gonna hit most likely to die during next season (gasps) yes and i get to talk about that letter that i saw in the nancy drew files that was talking about ghostwriters in the character Bible. And I'm so fucking here for that shit. Oh my God. I'm so excited for us. Um, so yeah. in this book, what did we learn? Uh, if you see, if you see Steve Buscemi in your life, just be aware that he may be going by Mr. Seaman and you need to stay the fuck away from that. We're just saying, um, John Slattery, maybe you should not be trusted. Um, B. Arthur is always here for your tea needs. Always here for it. But other than that, no, the weird thing that I did realize in this book is that like the best dating somebody else and then being like, oh, well, I mean, Dave's also here. Um, That to me, I was like, OK, they're they are setting a little bit of precedent for Bess's behavior in the files specifically because Bess was dating a new guy every fucking time. Dave does not exist in the files. Bert does not exist in the files like they're Ned 100 percent. Yes. But, but yeah, the whole like casually dating people and being like, yeah, it's, it's fine. I just don't want things to be complicated when he comes back and he's just a cool guy to date. It's not like we're banging or anything. And I was like, mm-hmm, sure, hon, sure, hon. <sighs> but yeah, it just, I don't know. It just, it feels like a, a thousand squandered opportunities. Like John Hamm. Where was he? And the answer to that is absolutely nowhere. Like at the beginning of the book, because of course they've spotted Steve Buscemi, um, somebody tries to break into the house and like John Hamm runs after them and Nancy runs out and she's like, oh my God, dad, are you okay? And no, it's just that he couldn't catch up with Steve Buscemi. He's fine. Um, The other thing, like why was Steve Buscemi even tracking them at the beginning of the book? And it was like, oh, because the grandparents had contacted Carson to ask about the inheritance. And you're like, why not fucking liquidate the fucking securities? Like, and then all the evidence is gone. Unless you were like, this is a very fragile scam. Like, it it doesn't make any, oh my God. Like, why? That's the thing. And a lot of these books, it's like, how did they know to track Nancy? Like when she didn't even know about the case yet. Like, what the, what the fuck? Anyway. Yeah. I'm, there was a lot of me yelling at this one, as there should have been. Oh, my God. Oh, so bad. Oh, so bad. Anyway, so next week, files. Next week, 80s. We're back in the 80s. Um, So 
as always, stay sleuthy, my friends.